Welcome to the podcast for St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center that's in Random Lake, Wisconsin, north of Milwaukee and south of Sheboygan. We're pleased to share with you recent sermons and Bible classes from our congregation. We welcome you to join us for Divine Service Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We have Bible classes currently offered at 8.15 a.m. on Sunday. Join us to receive the Lord's Word and His gifts. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. This Advent, for our midweek series, we'll be looking at six women from the Old Testament who share all an important distinction. Each of them are a mother in the long line of the Messianic lineage. Just look at St. Matthew's Gospel and the genealogy of Jesus there. Through each of them and the children they bore, God carried forward his plan of salvation and ultimately brought Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Now you're going to see various aspects of sin and grace in each of these women, but also draw connections to yourself. And through it all, give thanks to the Lord who never forgets his promises, but always works to fulfill them, whether through the rise and fall of nations, by the mighty and powerful deeds of men, or, in this case, through the humble and common vocation of motherhood. Tonight we look at Eve and Sarah, who are both mothers of promise. Each of these women received a particular and powerful promise concerning her role as mother and the blessing that would come through the fruit of her womb. Consider first Eve. Perhaps any discussion of biblical motherhood ought to begin with your first mother, the mother of us all, as Adam called her, Eve. Eve's story is the story of all of you. You find your true origins in her and your first father, Adam. She was created with Adam in the image of God. She was made from Adam's rib, a suitable helper for him, since it's not good for man to be alone. And even before the fall into sin, God blessed your primal parents to be fruitful and multiply. He had this ongoing work of creation in mind procreation, as we call it, part of the design of the created order. But we can't really think about Eve without also thinking about her role in the fall and sin. The serpent deceived her, and she quite willingly ate the forbidden fruit. She gave some to her husband also, and thus the whole world was plunged into the corruption of sin. Now, how might things have been different if Adam had interceded, interrupted, or Eve not listened to the evil foe. We'll never know. But we do know what happens next. God came personally to the garden and spoke with them. Now, whole books could, can be written, and surely have been, on these precious verses of Scripture that we heard tonight, which tell about the real predicament of this world and its origin. But I'd like you to focus on the important, one important part of the aftermath 
And that's the promise of the seed. The first gospel, Genesis 3.15. The first prophecy. The one who would come to reverse the curse, crush the foe, restore all things, and bring you back to paradise. Salvation for the world would come through the seed of the woman, through childbearing, through procreation, through birth. The father would one day send the son to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem you who are under the law. That little babe of Bethlehem would be the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. To take away the sins of the world. That means that the mystery of his incarnation, his enfleshment, is inextricably linked to the mystery of his cross, his suffering, his death. Eve, who is so well known not only for being the first woman and mother of us all, but also for being the first sinner, she is bound up in the first promise of God the Savior. And so Eve is blessed. And you would do well to remember her, not simply as the mother of the world or mother of sin, but the mother of promise. She heard God's word, she heard God speak, and she believed. Martin Luther thought that Eve, that when Eve had her first son, she thought that God had accomplished what he had promised in Genesis 3.15 right away through her son Cain. She said, as Luther translated, I have gotten the man with the help of the Lord, the seed. Not everybody agrees. But at the very least, we can see Eve's faith in her statement, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. She's looking for the promise to be fulfilled. And she knows that it comes by the Lord's helping, by his doing. And where Cain would fail, well, miserably so, there was another son to come who wouldn't kill his brother, but rather would die for his brother's. And where Abel's blood for vengeance pleaded to the skies, the blood of Jesus for our pardon cries. You are, like Eve your mother, just as guilty of sin. You are, like Eve your mother, saved in the promise of the Messiah who crushes the serpent's head at the cross. As Eve looked forward to fulfillment, you can look to the help of the Lord that is provided for you fully and completely in the promise of his Son, the seed of promise, the Christ. Now this evening we also consider a second mother, and that is Sarah. Like Eve and Adam, God came personally to her to speak to her and to Abraham. It's another part of the story, which we had in our prayer guide just probably a week or two ago. The central figure of three men who visited the tent of Abraham is a manifestation of God himself, that is, God the Son. These Old Testament appearances of God to the people of old are called theophanies, which literally means God-revealings. They are rare and precious occasions. And the patriarchs, when it happens to them, when God visits them, they do well to mark it. Matter of fact, they mark the location usually with an altar. When God has something important to say, he comes and speaks to you in the person. 
in his person. Now, like Eve, Sarah was also a sinner. You can see that, as we've been reading, with her jealous dealings with her maidservant Hagar, and then with Abraham's son by Hagar, Ishmael. You can see it with her complicity in Abraham's more than once passing her off as his sister, not as his wife, before powerful men. And today you can see it in her reaction to the promise that she receives, that she will in her old age bear a son. She hears it and she laughs. And then she lies and denies it out of fear. You're often not given to know the thoughts of the characters in the Bible, only to see their outward actions. You know that Sarah laughed, but you don't know exactly why. Did she laugh in derision at the ridiculousness of this promise? Did she laugh in nervousness, not knowing exactly what to make of it? Or was her laughter one that rises from joy, amazement, from wonder, like a child would laugh as the butterfly floats by. Or as we've been studying, maybe it's actually a mixture of all of these, all three. Mocking, nervous, and even overjoyed. But regardless, her laughter is not the response of faith, at least not at first. As Moses is careful to record, she laughed to herself in seeming doubt that this promise could ever come true, that she was, quote-unquote, old and worn out. You might understand that. After all, she had already heard the promise to Abraham and found another way to make God's word come true. But the son of Abraham by her slave, Hagar, that's not what God had in mind. He would bring about fulfillment to his promise, Not you, Sarah. And so when the Lord asked her why she laughed, she denied it, which further indicates her guilt and shame at her reaction. Perhaps similar to Eve and Adam, who sought to hide their nakedness with fig leaves and hid in the garden at the sound of the Lord, today Sarah, it seemed, was ashamed at her reaction and hid from God again by her words. But like Eve, she too would later believe. And notice the Lord's words to her. He gently but firmly rebukes her. He doesn't let her deny her unbelief, but calls her again to believe in the promise. It's a promise she already knows. It's a promise that he had already made and then reiterated again to Abraham and will make again when Isaac is born. It's a promise that he would repeating again and again, not only to Abraham and Sarah, but to Isaac and to Jacob and to all their descendants and to you. It's really a continuation of the promise that he made to Eve about the seed who would come to crush the serpent. Like Eve, Sarah also is a mother of promise. The promise in her case is of a son in her old age. A promise connected to the promises made to Abraham and carrying forth the promise made to Adam and Eve. A promise that continued the unfolding of God's plan for salvation. And soon, well, a few years later, 
Sarah would see this promise of a son for her fulfilled. And she and Abraham would name him Itzhak, Isaac. That means laughter. (laughs) In obvious memory of Sarah's laughing. Often you think about the patriarchs, that is, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the paternal lineage of Christ. But do you think of, or do you remember, the matriarchs, not just the patriarchs? The faithful women that stood by their sides, and of their faith. You should also see God blessing them and the whole world through their babies that they would bear. As generation after generation, the Lord of history and master of all time would not only work for the rise and fall of nations, but again, work through the humble and everyday bearing of children. And of course, of one child in particular. One child who was promised to Eve and to all. One boy who would descend from Sarah's womb and fulfill God's promise to Abraham and bless all nations. This one child, this Christ, would be Eve's savior and Sarah's too. This child would restore Eve and all her children to the tree of life. And we will eat of its fruit in season and out of season forever. The serpent who once came to overcome at a tree will be overcome by the tree, the tree of the cross. The lies that he told about being like God in disobedience are undone in Christ, who raises us with a glorious body like his. So that death which came as the fruit of that first tree is overturned by the fruit of the latter tree, the cross. The same child of promise would restore to Sarah and to all children of Abraham by faith and give us true joy in his presence. He would bless all nations by incorporating them into the new Israel by baptism and in faith. He would make all of his people a royal priesthood, princes and princesses, given a share in his eternal reign. And so, now, you too. You too are heirs to the promises that were made to those women. Heirs through the promises that are fulfilled for you in Jesus Christ, the Son. No need to hide your sin like Sarah or Eve. Deny your shame as they once did. But trust in the one who keeps his promises, who forgives sins, as they both learned to do. God, who is faithful to them, is faithful to you. The Christ who was promised to them has already been born for you died for you, lives for you. And so this Advent season, we await, again, the annual remembrance of his birth. And we await his coming again in glory, according to his promise made to Eve and to Sarah. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.